Welcome to a brand new edition of Problematic Women. I'm Lauren Evans. And I'm Virginia Allen. Thanksgiving is two days away. I grew up watching the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I plan to do the exact same thing (laughs) this year. I'm going to sit on my couch with my breakfast. If you listened to last week's episode, you will know that that breakfast is going to be lox and bagels. I am (laughs) thoroughly excited, though, about my Thanksgiving morning. Lauren, do you still watch the parade? You know, I don't, I can't remember the last time that I watched it for no reason. I just, yeah, I wake up and. <laughs> is it like on in the background? I guess it is. Yeah. yeah. So normally it's on and when I'm home in Florida, my mom's cooking and we're helping with her. But I don't, I can't remember the last time I like sat down and watched it. And yeah, just watched it through. Well, I looked up a couple of the facts for, for this year, what to expect. There's going to be 10 marching bands, 15 giant character balloons, uh, more than 30 heritage balloons, which not sadly, oh. I know, not the Heritage Foundation, <laughs> but like the original balloons that they've had in the parade for years and years and years. And then 28 different floats. And I was, like, wow, it takes so many people. It, they say that it takes over 50,000 hours of labor to prepare for this wow. parade. I mean, a massive undertaking. But I was especially excited to learn that there is a new balloon in the parade this year. Who is it? Any any guesses, Lauren? Mm. Pretty it, famous is character. Is it Kanye? <laughs> Can you imagine? Wouldn't a Kanye awesome? balloon? <laughs> <laughs> it's Baby Yoda. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Grogu's going to be in the parade. So he's making his first appearance. Aww, my niece loves, uh, always goes back to, my niece loves Baby Yoda. Oh, so. I love Baby Yoda too. <laughs> the Macy's Day Parade has actually been going on since 1925. So a long, long history there for the parade. You know, Thanksgiving often feels like such a small town holiday. You're returning to your roots to enjoy a meal with the people that you love. And our conversation today actually takes us to one of those small American towns. Mount Jewett, Pennsylvania has a population of less than 10,000 people. And our guest today, Brianna Howard, has just been elected mayor of that town at the age of 25. Brianna explains why she chose to run for mayor of her hometown, what that role of mayor is, and why young women should feel empowered to serve as leaders in their communities. I am so excited for this conversation with our friend and a very problematic woman, Brianna Howard. So let's go ahead and get to that conversation. I am so excited to welcome two problematic women, my friend and mayor-elect, Brianna Howard. Brianna, it's so good to have you back at Heritage. Thank you, Virginia. I'm so happy to be here. All right. So first question, how old are you, So I am 25. Okay. So you're 25. Yeah. And you have recently run for mayor of your small town in Pennsylvania and you won that election. Congratulations. That is a huge deal. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and at the age of 25, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, definitely did not expect to be a mayor at age 25, mm-hmm. but I am very excited. So why did you decide to run? So I I love my hometown. I have been a passionate um, advocate for rural values for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent some years here in D.C. and 
I think that kind of informed my decision on how important rural America is. So I just, you know, I felt compelled to run for mayor. I actually ran as a write-in candidate. So um, there was no one on the ballot. So that kind of helped, you know, make my decision a little easier given that we didn't have anyone actually on the ballot. Wow. So no one else, no one else stepped up and you said, I will do it. I will step up. Yep, exactly. So I had someone who was also running a write-in campaign and we had a really, you know, a nice time, both of us running write-ins, you know, kind of knowing it was just any man's game to win with no one on the ballot. So, yeah. So neat. So the town is Mount Jewett, Pennsylvania. It's about 140 miles north and slightly east of Pittsburgh. Yep. On Wikipedia, I looked this up. Your population is 935 as of 2019. So maybe it's grown a little. What uh, what drew you to this town? What what made you decide, you know what, I want to represent the people of this town? Is this the town you actually grew up in? Yes. So I okay. grew up in Mount Jewett. I was born and raised there. Um, we are an awesome town. It's just – it's tucked right in the heart of the Allegheny National Forest. We have the Kinzu Bridge there, which is one of our, our wonders of our town. Um, it, and when it was incepted, it was actually one of the seven – I believe I could be wrong in this – seven man-made wonders of the world. So oh, wow. it draws in a ton of visitors every year. Um, we live in a beautiful place. It's a tiny little jewel tucked mm-hmm. in the mountains in the forests of Pennsylvania. So I just feel really honored to be able to represent people that I grew up with, you know, people who saw me when I was younger and have now grown. Um, and they've seen that kind of transformation with me, my siblings. And, you know, we're all really engaged in town. So yeah. it's an honor. In my head, I'm picturing something like the Gilmore Girls town. <laughs> yes. So many people say that, actually. Yeah, we are very much like you go into the cafe. We have a cafe kind of like in Gilmore Girls, Aww. actually. And everyone knows everyone. I go there every Sunday for breakfast and we read the paper. And, you know, it's just it's a great time. It's a great place. I love it. And that's so special that most of the people in the town know you and are excited that you've been elected. Yeah. Because of, of your age of being 25, have, have you gotten pushback of, of people saying we shouldn't have a mayor this young? Or do you think people are really excited to have someone as young as you are taking the lead in this way? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, at first when I was deciding to run, I kind of felt that, um, you know, nervousness about, oh, she's so young. She doesn't know anything. She's so green. Because I think there is that hesitation of there amongst people who are younger that want to run for office. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I really thought about it, you know, I've had a lot of um, great experience and in D.C. especially, in government and knowing kind of having the tools in my toolbox to help advocate for people in my town. So, you know, I am young, but I do think that that's also an advantage because I think young people are so active and willing to put in the legwork, which as a mayor, you definitely are putting in a lot of legwork. It's a lot of things that people don't really know that you're doing. So, you know, I think being young has its has its advantages, no doubt. For sure. It's good to have that energy. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. I'm going to need a lot of coffee, but also, you know, it helps that I can, you know, stay up late and wake up early still. <laughs> totally. Totally. Now, we got to know each other a little bit when you lived in D.C. and you worked at Heritage Action, which is the grassroots arm of the Heritage Foundation. We worked in the same building. What made you decide, you know what, I, I want to leave Washington, D.C., and I want to go back to my hometown and I want to represent those people? Yeah, so I was so blessed to work here um, at Heritage Action. I had so much, you know, experience there, and I really enjoyed working in the conservative movement um, with some really top-notch people. Um, and that, you know, that extends to all my experiences in D.C. I had the honor of serving in the Trump administration at the Department of Labor, um, where I just got really great experience, you know, working with um, folks in the workforce and talking about apprenticeships and kind of things that really matter to rural Americans. So I, you know, knowing all of what I learned at the Department of Labor, especially, and then um, following that, I worked on Capitol Hill for a Missouri congressman who also, you know, is from a rural district. And I think 
having these experiences in D.C., but also feeling that draw to go back home mm-hmm. and missing my family. I think everyone comes to D.C. with with a goal in mind, and I think I met a lot of my goals, and I think once I felt that I had tackled a lot of those things I came here to do, I was I was kind of ready. I miss my family. Um, I was working from home for a period last year and I actually bought a house. So that was kind of a, a big draw as well, just yes. actually owning a home in my hometown. Yeah, so that was that was kind of a defor- informing decision as well. Yeah, that's special. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a huge deal. It's yeah. 25 to yeah. own your own home. Wow. It was exciting. I bought an old, um, like, 1900s vintage Victorian home. So needs a lot of love. But wow. I am, yeah, that was definitely a big part of my decision to move. Yeah. Any tips for prospective home buyers who are saving? Oh, gosh. Save your money for sure. You know, it's there's a lot of um, programs in place that help make it easier for first-time home buyers. Yeah. But it's definitely a strange market right now with inflation and such to buy a home. So maybe just wait if you're looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of probably bad advice, but um, just practical advice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is a wild time. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right. So getting into what is actually involved in in being a mayor, what do you know kind of what your day-to-day will look like? after you're sworn in in January? That is also a very good question. Um, (laughs) The honest answer is I don't really know. I think this role comes with um, it is kind of what you make it. And my hope and my goal and kind of what I ran on is um, building bridges in my community. So Mm. based off of the Kinsey Bridge that I mentioned, our beautiful landmark, um, I really hope to take some of these, these federal and state resources that I know that are out there just given my own experience and cultivating that kind of um, resource building in my community. So, um, you know, my hope is that using these experiences to draw in potential investors into my town, people who are coming as visitors, you know, hooking them in and seeing what all we have to offer in our community and in the hopes that they might, you know, come back and invest in our in our town. Yeah. Um, so, you know, of course, there's like the meetings that you attend and all that. But I think, you know, in a lot of these rural offices, it's a lot about what you make it. And I think, again, like pointing back to the age factor, I'm so excited and passionate about my community that I think that definitely translates in how my day to day will um, kind of take place. Yeah. And is it a full time job? So it's not a full time job. So um, it is it is kind of like a volunteer ish role okay. um, in my community. So and you know a lot of people in my town are really involved in the Rotary, and we mm-hmm. have different um, um, kind of organizations that have been cultivated, which is really special. I don't think you get that in a lot of places, mm-hmm. but we are so lucky to have a community where people just really are passionate about you know our heritage and our just our history of our town. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really, really special. Now, will you have uh, like a whole team of people working with you? Or I mean, in in a small town, I don't know if it's like the man, the mayor is a one man show, yeah. <laughs> or if, if you have support, and there is that kind of community involvement. Um, I don't know if there is necessarily a team, I would call them that are on like the mayor's team, quote unquote. Yeah. But we have um, a whole borough set up um, for our town. And so there's like a borough manager and um, we have our awesome town council. So just kind of pointing back to those folks who are just really involved in town. Those are primarily um, volunteer positions as well. Okay. And it's just, you know, driven by people who want to be involved and yeah. make a difference. So 
And you're serving for four years, right? Four for four years. years yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I had thought, you know, when I'm done being mayor, it'll be my 30th birthday, basically. Wow. I'm, I'm born in January, so I'll be sworn in in January and then I'll be done, you know, the January of my 30th birthday, which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, yeah. not not something many people can say that they've already yeah. been a mayor by the time they're 30. <laughs> so, so true. That yeah. is really special. Yeah. So when you think about the legacy that, that you want to leave in your small town, the top priorities that you have, what are those things that come to mind? I think just leaving it better than I found it. I think, you know, I'm a former Girl Scout, so I always kind of live with that motto of like leaving things better than how I found them. That was always my troop leader's motto. Mm. Someone who I know in my hometown, actually, I saw her on election day. And I was like, oh, hi, Sue. It's so good to see you because, you know, I think organizations like Girl Scouts or however people are involved in their community, I think that's all part of the legacy of how the young people in town, you know, maybe they leave or maybe they don't leave and then they come back and how they can serve their community. I think that's kind of part of the legacy that I hope to cultivate in my community of just, you know, being a voice for not just even my community, but really for rural America. Like rural Americans are in a lot of ways at a disadvantage just because of their location and the resources that are available to rural Americans. So that is kind of the legacy that I hope to cultivate of just taking this town, giving it my all for the next four years, really trying to serve my community in any way that I can, small or large. A lot of times I think small, but um, in meaningful ways. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever step back and just sort of say, whoa, this is actually happening? Yeah, it's kind of are You are in so many ways living that American dream of you – you grew up, you came to the city, you kind of experienced that. Now you've gone back to your small town. You're taking on this big leadership role. I think a lot of people kind of dream about doing things like that. Or we watch the Hallmark movies and we yeah. see people doing things like that. That to actually live that, is it sometimes a little overwhelming or how, yeah. how does it feel? I definitely have had a couple moments so far where I've stepped back and been like, wow, I can't believe I really did that. Or, wow, I am just so honored by the feedback. I mean, I've had people send me such beautiful messages from all over the country, really. I mean, I'm so blessed to have an extensive network of friends who are from kind of all over the place. And they've been so supportive of me. So not even just in my own community, in my town, you know, physically, geographically speaking, but just in in my network that I've kind of gathered, I'm so honored to have all of these people reaching out to me and saying how excited they are for me. Um, and that's really been just such a blessing to have to know. I mean, sometimes you lose touch with people and then out of the blue. I mean, I had people from college that reached out to me that I hadn't talked to in like five years. Wow. So I was just really flattered by that. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a bit overwhelming at first. And just to think, wow, I have such a great responsibility here and such a great opportunity to help yeah. improve people's lives. I think that is just so humbling and such an awesome, you know, gift. Yeah. Are you nervous at all? I feel like if I was in your position, I would be really nervous. Yeah. Like, wow, this is a big responsibility to be coming under. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's different to be working in the background of a lot of these things happening, right? Like I mentioned, I worked at the Department of Labor, where I was very much in the background, like assisting the secretary and, you know, our goals as a um, an extension of the Trump administration. So I've been so much in that seat of just doing all of the background work. So now, you know, being the one to go to the meetings and to speak with the different partners that I'm hoping to, to work with in this capacity um i'm definitely it's definitely a different experience um but i'm i don't i wouldn't say i'm nervous i definitely feel like because i'm from my community and i'm you know i've, I've lived there mostly my whole life i i feel like that definitely helps kind of with that nervousness of just you know familiarity with with my 
community. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. That's healthy. And yeah. Encouraging here. <laughs> so for you, what are what are some of the role models that are in your life or people that maybe inspire you to run for mayor? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's so wonderful to look, especially here in D.C. We have such awesome um, female um, congresswomen who have really stepped up to the plate, especially in these last few years. We've seen um, the conservative women in Congress grow. Um, And so I think absolutely those women are role models. But I think when I think about my own life, and I'm sure you can relate to this too, of just the strong women that are in my own life. My my grandmother is – she's absolutely phenomenal. She's a a public school superintendent. So she has just years and years of knowledge and um, a wealth of experience that she's really imparted on me. And I'm so thankful um, for her role in my life. And I think when I think – you know, about how much she's impacted her community. Being a superintendent in a rural place is a hard job. I mean, everyone knows you. Everyone knows everything that's going on. And she has just handled that with such grace her whole life. So she's definitely my biggest role model in that mm-hmm. sense. So I love that. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> what are you what are you most excited about when you think about being a mayor of a small town? And then what are you a little like oh I'm gonna do it, but I don't know if I'm gonna yeah. like it. <laughs> I'm definitely excited about the possibilities that are out yeah. there. Um, rural, again, like a rural Americans, and I think a lot of people are starting to understand this, especially because of COVID. And I think even just something simple as like the lack of broadband that mm-hmm. rural Americans have, um, I think there's so many possibilities that you can bring to a rural community in terms of just federal resources and grants okay. and all of those kind of things. So I'm excited about that. I know that's yeah. kind of a – those are bigger, loftier goals for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, I don't think there's really anything – that I would say, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. Um, it's a lot of just seeing where people are at, I think, yeah. and, and kind of meeting people where they're at. And it's really a lot of just keeping people informed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're a small town. There's not a ton of crazy things that are happening. Oh. Um, but just being kind of an advocate for the folks in my community, I think that's really the biggest thing that I'm excited about. Yeah, I think that's so good because really no matter where you are, like, that's what – people want that's like that's what the american people want from the president like all the way yes, down exactly. we want to be informed we want to yeah. be in the know we want to know what's going on we want that transparency yeah that's huge and yeah. so so healthy wow love it so what is your advice to other young women who either are interested in one day running for a public office themselves or who are listening to your story and kind of thinking oh well maybe i maybe i could do that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so far off to think you might run for office, and I never really felt that way that I would just pick up and run for office. But I think, especially for conservative women, right? We are the problematic women. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are the folks who the left really doesn't want to see run for office because when you think of young women, we're not supposed to hold conservative and rural values, but we're really the ones who are the most in touch with the people who live in rural America. So, I would say city or or small town. I mean, I think just putting yourself out there and showing people that you are authentic and that you are caring and that you have the drive to make a difference, um, that would be that would be my advice. That's what I did from day one. I just – I laid it all out there for the folks in my town. I said, listen, I don't know everything, but I know that I I love this town and I have called this place home my whole life. So I think when you're an authentic person, that really shows through, you know, I think women or men, um, I think the authenticity that you can bring – to an election when you're a young person, especially. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. That is so important. I love that. Uh, what are what are one or two, um, maybe sort of like 
pieces of, of life advice that, that have been really helpful for you or that you have carried with you um, or just sort of like gold nuggets of, of wisdom that have helped you as a young person begin to navigate the career field? That is that is a good one. That's you know I, I think I'm still picking up those little nuggets along the way and trying to stick them totally. in my pocket. Um, I think something that I've always kind of put, brought to my own personal brand is just never thinking I'm the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. and always trying to be the nicest person in the room mm-hmm. because I again like I think you can point back to that authenticity and people know when you have their best interests at heart and yeah. so I've always just tried to to be very genuine with people and I think being the same person no matter what room you're in. I think that's a big deal, right? I've been in the White House and I've acted a certain way, the same way that I've acted when I'm at a town hall meeting or having breakfast at the cafe in my small town, right? Mm-hmm. So all of these different experiences, no matter how awesome or how regular run of you know regular day they are, just being yourself and being your authentic self, no matter what room you're in, I think that's a really big deal, and I think that goes a long way, and people notice. They do. People definitely do notice that. Yeah. All right, Brianna, we have to ask you this question. We ask all of our guests on Problematic Women, do you consider yourself a feminist? Yes or no? Why or why not? No right or wrong answer here. Yes. <laughs> this is the the golden question, right? So I would not consider myself a feminist. I would consider myself to be a strong, independent woman who does not need to identify with a term that has been basically coined by the left to mean something that in actuality I don't think it really is, but I I would not call myself a feminist. I would call myself a strong, independent woman who um, knows who she is. Love it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Short and sweet. All right. Well, Brianna Howard, mayor-elect of Mount Jewett, Pennsylvania. Tell us when we visit your town, where do we need to go? So you definitely have to go to the Kinsey Bridge. That okay. is, I can't bring it up enough. Um, if you come in the fall, we have the most beautiful foliage, mm. I think, in the whole world. Um, Cafe Soul is the the beating heart of our town. Um, so go there and have a cinnamon roll and a latte and you will be just in heaven. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> come on over. <laughs> Rihanna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Virginia. Thanks for having me. And with that, that's going to be it for this week's edition of Problematic Women. Because it is Thanksgiving, we do not have a show on Thursday. I know. It's so sad. But enjoy time with family. Enjoy time with friends. Eat so much food. Go for a walk, maybe, afterwards. Maybe. If if you want to, you know. Or just sit on the couch. (laughs) And order stuff for Black Friday. (laughs) (laughs) But we will be back with you all next Thursday. And don't forget, conservatives need your support in the podcast world, and we would greatly appreciate a five-star review on Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Problematic Women is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is a product of The Daily Signal, produced by Lauren Evans and Virginia Allen. Special thanks to our editor-in-chief, Katrina Trinko. We produce Problematic Women in remembrance of our dear friend and former co-host, Bree Payton.